0: But anyways, talk about God's favor today, and uh, if there's one thing that we need to desire, uh, especially I think in this coming year, I sense is that we really need to desire uh, just maybe even more than we have God's favor uh, on our lives. Uh, we, We simply cannot afford, as individuals and as a church, to move forward in life without God's favor upon us. And, uh, and, and the word favor, we'll talk more about this in a moment, but basically means uh, when you are merciful towards someone in kind of an, an, an ordinary way and, and you bless someone a little bit more or shower grace on someone a little bit more, you have, you have favor on them. Uh, there are pictures of people sort of walking in God's favor in the Bible. One of them is uh, found in Jeremiah. It says, my blessing is on those people who trust in me who put their confidence in me they will be like a tree planted near a stream whose roots spread out toward the water it has nothing to fear when the heat comes its leaves are always green it has no need to be concerned in a year of drought it does not stop bearing fruit and this is a picture of this this beautiful green tree and there's a maybe in the desert or in a place where there's a drought and, and, and the weather is just not very good that year and there are strugg- uh, struggles but the tree is green. The tree has nothing to fear. The tree is strong. The tree is beautiful. The tree is bearing fruit not because of the surrounding circumstances. The surrounding circumstances are horrible because the tree's roots grow deep into the water. And this is like us. When our roots grow deep into Jesus. And when God's favor is on us, I mean, we are like this green tree that no matter what is going on in life or what we are going through, man, man, we feel refreshed. We feel green because, man, we live in a world where there are droughts. I mean, through this time until the return of Jesus, there's going to be suffering. There's going to be struggling. and, And we need to be people who are walking in the favor of God so that we are green and strong through those circumstances. Uh, Similarly, Psalm 1 also says, how blessed is the one who does not follow the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the assembly of scoffers. Instead, he finds pleasure in obeying the Lord's commands. He meditates on his commands day and night. And then it says this, he is like a tree planted by flowing streams. It yields its fruit at the proper time, and its leaves never fall off. And then it says, he succeeds in everything he attempts. And this is a picture of someone who is living and walking in the favor of God. They're green when there is drought around them. They're successful when other people are not successful. Walking in the favor of God. This is something that we need to be desiring in our lives. Or even uh, this old text in Matthew chapter 6. In the context of anxiety and worry and fears. Jesus says. Above all pursue his kingdom and righteousness. And then it says and all these things will be given to you as well. You will have nothing to fear. You will have. uh, You will be provided for because the favor of God will be upon you. When you're trusting him. When you're looking to him above all above all other things. I mean, the reality is you cannot afford in your life to continue walking without the favor of God resting upon you in power. You cannot afford to keep going on in your own steam and your own strength because there's trouble and there's drought and and there's things out there that can discourage you and pull you down and there's hardships and suffering. You, You need the favor of God on your life. And not only do you need that as individuals, but we need that as a church. Because the church here is actually just all of us individuals together, right? The church isn't me, and it's not this building. The church is us. And we need God's favor upon us corporately as well. In the book of Revelation, uh, Jesus is speaking to the church of Ephesus, and he says, you have abandoned the love you had at first, talking about these people's love for God. And it says, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, he says, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Now, when he says, I'm going to come and remove your lampstand, you know what that means? Jesus is saying, I'm basically going to lift my favor off your church. The lampstand here stands for their church. He is going to shut down their church. He's going to remove his favor from their church because they were no longer loving him the way they once did and and that's what i fear most is that maybe we never get to a place where god begins to move his favor off of our church and it goes back to all of us loving jesus and just keep looking to him because all of us make up the church i mean if i'm on fire for god and, and and no one else is i mean maybe i can help lead you there but corporately we are the church And the more each of us are walking in the favor of God and the blessing of God, man, the more when we get together, man, God's favor is going to be on us as a church. And this can happen. These people were once walking in a place of favor and then slipped to a place where Jesus said, I'm going to have to remove my favor from your church. Because we know 30 years earlier when Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, he said this to the same church. I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints. At one time, they were known for their love and known for their faith, and they moved from a place of favor to a place where God was removing His favor. I mean, you and I cannot afford to let this happen because so much of what happens in our life from finances to our job to our well-being to our love for God for our love for others— All comes down to having the favor of God resting on our lives. Now, when we're talking about favor, what what do we mean? Again, it simply means to show uh, mercy or or, or grace or bless someone in a way that's a little unordinary. So we see this uh, verse used in some places in the Bible, like Luke chapter 1. The angel says, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. That out of all the women on planet Earth at that time, for some reason, Mary found favor in God's eyes. And God chose Mary to be this vessel where he would bless her and pour out. I mean, she was the one who gave birth to Jesus, the Savior of the world. I mean, why didn't he pick other women? Maybe there was something about Mary, and if you look about Mary's life, that she just had this Way about her that God had his favor on her and this is what we want for us in our lives as well Now the word favor actually most interestingly is actually most often translated in the Bible as grace Uh, And so you'll see a text like this in Romans 16 Where Paul is kind of praying for the blessing of the the church in in Rome and he says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you It's the same word the favor of God be with you that paul was desiring that god's favor would be on that church more so i mean if every church every person had the same amount of grace and the same amount of favor paul would not write something like that he's saying for more god would you pour out more grace on that church more favor on that church now some of you might say well i thought god didn't have favorites true the Bible says that God does not show favoritism God doesn't have like doesn't favor have favorites over others and in fact the Bible says this in Hebrews 4 16 let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace This is the word again favor wherever we need help so let us confidently approach the throne this could be translated the, the throne of grace or the throne of favor to receive mercy and find favor whenever we need help. This is open to everyone. God doesn't have favorites and saying, you know, if you come here, I'm going to give you favor, but if you come here, no, sorry. That every single person who follows Jesus has this banqueting table of favor available to them. And it's those people who choose to come to the throne of favor who choose to come and continually desire this grace and favor, who are the ones who find favor, because they have come and answered. Uh, In Ephesians, it says about Jesus, it says, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That there is every spiritual blessing, there is every source of favor available to us, because, man, we are sons and daughters of the King of the God of this universe who is so amazing, whom nothing is impossible. And he, gives this picture this banqueting table of all this favor and grace and he says, come, anyone, just come. Because you know what? He loves to bless his kids. Man, I love to bless my kids. And the God of this universe loves to bless his kids. I mean, uh, Romans says, I mean, if he has given us Jesus, how much more freely will he give us All things in this table of grace. But here's what happens. A lot of people, when they come to know Jesus, they come up to the table and they they gobble and they fill themselves up until they're full and they just try to live the rest of their life on that one meal. That's not the way it's supposed to be. we got to keep coming to God. Keep coming to the table and saying, God, I need your help. I need your blessing. I need your strength. Uh, And and just keep eating off that table that he has for you. I mean, this is a promise for all of you, not just some of you not just for pastors and leaders and you know Billy Graham and anyone can come to this table because in Jesus when you trust Jesus you're forgiven Uh, God looks at you with eyes of peace there's no more barrier there's no more wall that you have to climb over to get to God at any time you can confidently go into the throne room of grace and start eating up that favor that God desires to give you and when you begin to walk more in the favor of God, I mean, and people notice things begin to change. I mean, you look at the early church. The early church was a church that was walking powerfully in the favor of God. And, and we see like in Acts 4, it says, with great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace, the same word, great favor was on all of them. Acts 2, they are praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number uh, day by day those who were being saved. I mean, the favor was on them. And people were being healed and people were being saved and people were being changed. And people were loving others lavishly because the favor of God was resting on them powerfully. And I don't know about you, but I want that for our church and I want that for myself. And this is something that all of you should desire because you cannot afford to live your life without this. I mean, to live your life without the favor of God resting on you powerfully. I mean, man, you're really just taking the short stick on life rather than the big stick, right? In Acts chapter 6, we see uh, the apostles are getting kind of busy because things are growing. The favor of God is on their church, and they got this widow's ministry that's kind of getting out of control. They don't have time, so they need to get help. And so they order the church this. They say, Choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them, and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. And so, we need, it says, you need to find in your church people who are full of the Holy Spirit, known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, implying that there are obviously some in that church who were more known to be full of the Holy Spirit than others. And say, Oh, wait a minute, I thought everybody had the Holy Spirit. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit. Every Christian, it depends on your terminology, I would say is baptized in the Holy Spirit. Every Christian is filled with the Holy Spirit upon conversion. But, man, you read your Bible, you've got to realize that the apostles multiple times after their conversion, it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled, again, Paul says in Ephesians, be continually filled. Filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, we don't just get one dose of the Holy Spirit and that's we're set for the rest of our life. I mean, it's like a cup that's empty. You become a Christian, God fills that cup with the Holy Spirit, but He can continually fill you and bless you and put favor on you till your cup is overflowing. And there are some Christians who their cup is full of the Holy Spirit, but there's others who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit, that the, the favor of God is on them, and they're just gushing the Spirit, and and people are noticing, and so they go, hey, I need people who are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and say, I want that person, because I know the favor of God is on that person, the, the point being, this can be you. I mean, Apostle Paul came in here and said, hey, we need to get some people to this ministry, Jesse, find some people who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, I mean, would you be chosen? Would you be one of those people? Whom that others look at you and say, you know, the favor of God is on that person. That that person has just something about them that God's doing. And it goes back to just this these people who just walk in the favor of God. And, and and you need this, and I need this, and we need this. I mean, you cannot afford to live your life where you're not walking in the favor of God. The same uh, one of the guys who was chosen was named Stephen, and it says this about them: him, full of grace or th- full of favor. If everybody had the same amount of grace, the same amount of favor in their lives, this text would make no sense. This person was full of God's favor, full of God's grace in, in, in just kind of a different way and power and was doing great wonders and signs among the people. I mean, People take notice, this guy, the favor of God is on your life, on his life. Now, he's not special. He's not any different than any other Christian. He was just someone who's deciding, you know, I'm going to seek the kingdom of God first. I'm going to put Jesus. He is going to be the one I keep, and I'm going to keep going to him for favor, and he's going to be the source of all my life. And God says, hey, come to the table because there's grace and favor here for you and for Stephen full of grace and power. Did you know that even Jesus grew in the favor of God? Uh, Luke chapter 2, it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature as he grew, and then it says this, and in favor with God and men. If Jesus grew in favor with God, and he's perfect, how much more can we grow in the favor of God? Okay? The worst thing that can ever happen to you in your Christianity is like, oh, this is it. You know, I go to church and never fun. I guess this is it. Yeah. Man, there's so much. <laughs> the table is set. Just because some Christians around you aren't going to the table doesn't mean, well, I guess that's the way it is. No, you go to the table. The table is open, right? You can be walking in a deeper, richer relationship with Jesus. You can be walking in a deeper favor Jesus with God, and it's open to you. Now, the question might be, well, how do I do that? I think all of us here would agree. It's like, yeah, I want that. <laughs> I want that. We want that for our church to have a greater favor on us individually and as, as a church. And sometimes our, our immediate response to me, well, I guess that means I just got to read my Bible more and pray more. I discipline myself because I'm not so disciplined. I got to wake up an hour earlier. I just got to read more and pray more. And you know what? good to read your Bible. I read my Bible every single day. Try to read through the Bible in a year, every year. It's good to pray. All of us should be praying probably more, right? I never have to, I mean, there's probably no one here who's like, I pray too much, you know? That's why prayer sermons always just give everybody the case of the guilties, right? Because everybody knows they should be praying. Reading the Bible and prayer is good, but you know what? That's not really the key. Because you know, there were some guys in the Gospels, Who were like the kings of reading their Bibles. And the kings of prayer. And they had no favor from God on their lives. They were the Pharisees. I mean just because you read your Bible a lot. And pray a lot. Doesn't automatically mean. You're going to have the favor of God in your life. Though I mean you should be reading your Bible. And you should be praying. Those are good things. But did you know the favor of God. Is actually more about being than doing. So often we approach. I just got to do more. I got to, you know, try harder. And and The favor of God is actually more about being. Being a vessel that is open, being a vessel that is willing, being being open, being someone who is just aware of the presence of God. And there's lots of things we could talk about in terms of being touched by the favor of God in greater ways. But I just want to look at three, uh, three of them today quickly. The first one, is to pursue humility and kill pride. All of us should hopefully be on a journey towards humility, uh, because we're, we all struggle with pride. Some people obviously struggle with it more and less. Some people struggle with their pride and more in a way that other people notice more. Some people struggle more with the secret pride, and others don't really know. But I mean, everybody struggles with pride, so everybody needs to be on this journey towards humility. Some people just are farther down that journey. But here's why this is important when it comes to having the favor of God on our lives. Look at what it says in James. It says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace or favor to the humble. Okay? God opposes the proud. This is not just God sitting back and saying, you know, I'm just not going to help you. Uh, it's not God saying, you know, I'm just going to pull back a little bit. It's not God saying, I'm just not going to bless you. This This isn't an action word. God opposes the proud. This is God actually working. This is the very opposite of favor. Okay, God gives favor, gives blessing to those who are on the road to humility. But he actually opposes the proud. He fights against you. And I don't know about you, but I do not want the God of this universe fighting against me because I'll lose, right? I have no chance, right? If you're proud with your finances, he's going to begin opposing you. If you're proud with the, your, your marriage or whatever, or proud, he's going to begin opposing you. And so if you want God's favor resting upon you, you need to uh, pursue humility. Again, this is about being. God's favor is more about being than doing. It's about being a humble person. Now I'll give you a quick pride test. And we all fail, of course, but uh, always a good check. Here's a quick test on how you are doing with pride. Uh, How are you doing on the road to humility? How are you doing on the road to have more of God's favor in your life? Okay? Proud people are this. Uh, You are more concerned about outward appearance before others than heart before God. You're always concerned, about well, what are other people going to think about me? When, you know, I don't want people to know about this because, you know, and you hide things rather than sharing things. You're always worried about what others think rather than what God thinks. And you're a hypocrite. I mean, your Christianity is full of hypocrisy. You show up to church, everybody thinks you're the most wonderful Christian, and your marriage is great, and your job is great, and everything's great. When deep down inside, everything's falling apart. That's pride. I mean, if you cannot share what's going on in your heart, that's pride, okay? Uh, you don't easily and quickly accept correction. So someone challenges you and says, hey, you know, uh, you know what you said the other day that really hurt me? Or, you know, what you did, I didn't really like that. Or, you know, that was wrong. If you immediately just, like, you fight back and say no, and it's like not me. That's pride, okay? Uh, or you struggle with submitting to authority. Uh, I don't like pastors, I don't like elder boards, I'm not doing any of that kind of stuff any kind of authority, policemen, politicians, it's because I want to be king and I'm the boss here, rather than submitting to yourself the way uh, the Bible talks about submitting to authority Uh, you can't stand to be told what to do, now you might do it but you don't don't me what to do, or when someone tells you something to do you're like, (coughs) oh, I'm going to wait one minute before I do it just to show them, you know I do that sometimes. That's why I <laughs> said that. <laughs> right? You can't stand me. No de- or you are defensive every time you're criticized. Again, you can't take criticism because I- you, just, you just have this this facade, this mask you want, everybody sees see. It, and if someone criticizes you, you just, you cannot handle it. Okay? Or you get offended or upset easily. Everybody around you is always on their tiptoes ma- making sure they say the right words because if they just say it wrongly, you get the wrong influx in there, they just set you off. That is pride. Okay, Or you justify why you are not obeying the Bible in an area of your life. I got a reason why I don't obey that scripture. That's pride. The more prideful you are, the more God opposes you. The less favor of God is on your life. I mean, if you want to do yourself a favor and have God's favor on your life, you want to live a life that is just more blessed, kill pride in your life. I mean, whenever you see it rise up, you kill it. Don't explain it away. Don't say, well, this is just the way I am. I've tried to do it before. You kill it. You chop off its head, and you begin to challenge yourself. I mean, for me, sometimes my wife will ask me to do something and I'm making the middle of something, and I'm like, I don't want to do it. And so I'll just wait five minutes before I do it. Just going to show it, right? Kill it. If everything inside of you is saying, just wait five minutes, it's like, no, I'm going up and doing it. Because that's the right thing. That's the humble thing to do. All right, if you have stuff in your life that you cannot share, kill pride and share it with somebody. It's the first step towards healing a lot of times, just being open and just pursue humility. It opens up the door to the favor of God. God opposes the proud, but gives favor to the humble. Okay? Secondly, is love. Again, It's not just about reading the Bible more. It's not about serving more. It's not just about praying more. It's about being a humble person. It's about being a loving person. In fact, Proverbs says very clearly, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and men. So this is a double whammy, right? Not only do you receive favor from God, which we desperately want and need, but you receive favor from men. People take notice of you. This is about someone who ties love and faithfulness around them that they are pursuing love and again we can't get confused here because sometimes what happens is we 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 just interpret love automatically for love for God which is, is important it is the number one priority but we must understand that love for God apart from love for people doesn't exist in Christianity okay to love God means you love people John says, whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God. It's not they they might be able to, it's just, it actually says cannot. Whom they have not seen, and he has given this command, anyone who loves God must, not optional, not 99%, must also love their brother and sister. And if you just want the favor of God to rest on you, love. Just love people. That starts a lot of times by killing pride (laughs) and just learning to love people. You don't have to hide yourself all the time. You you can just love people and be there for them and and love on them and and just clothe yourself with love. Clothe yourself with humility and you'll see that this, this favor from God just opening up and begin to pour out on your life more. And lastly, we have Stewardship. Uh, There is this principle in the Bible in the kingdom of God that says if you use what God has given you, God will give you more. If you don't use what God has given you, he will give you less. Okay, and here's one way it's explained in Matthew 25 for to everyone who has will be given uh, more will be given. So if you have more will be given and he will have an abundance But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And here's the deeper question. It's not so much God, I want more favor. How can I get more favor? I desire more favor. But there's a deeper question and that is this. What have you done with the favor God has already given you? What have you done with the favor God has already given you? Okay? So you want divine favor like we've been talking about. You're like, I want divine favor in my life and I want my ministry, I want my marriage, I wanted in my finances. Well, what have you done with the favor God has already given you in the area of finances? I mean, if you can't be faithful with the favor God has already given you, He's not going to give you more. He will give you less. It's important for us, if you want the favor of God in your life, that you're faithful with your finances as a steward, that you are given the tithe, that you are loving people, that you're providing for your family. I mean, if you want the favor of God upon your ministry, what have you done with the favor God has already given you? I mean, if you're like, I'm just waiting to take Billy Graham's spot. <coughs> you're never going to get it. But if God says, you know, you have favor right now to work in the nursery or to be a greeter, you have favor right now to do this little thing and you're faithful with that, he's going to give you more favor to the next step. But I mean, if God has poured out favor upon you and you're not pouring it back out, man, you're just going to see that favor shrivel up and you're going to be miserable. I mean, whatever favor God has given you, use it faithfully and it's only going to increase, okay? I mean, you cannot afford to live your life without the favor of God resting on you. You just can't. I cannot. I mean, you want to be a tree that is green in the drought that is bearing fruit when everybody else is withering and dying. You want to be that kind of person in your marriage, in your finances, in your job, in your life, in this church, it all goes back to having the favor of God resting on you. So don't necessarily do more, but, but be more. Be a person who just loves Jesus. Be someone who loves His presence. Be someone who seeks his kingdom first. Be someone who never walks very long in life without just stopping and remembering that God is real and he is with you and he is for you. And I hope that this year is going to be a year of God's favor on our church and on us as individuals. All right? Let's pray. God, we ask... As individuals and as corporately, God, that you might pour out your favor upon us this year. God, I pray that you would pour it out in dramatic ways and powerful ways in tangible ways. God, that we would not only grow in favor in your eyes, but we might grow in favor with the community and those around us. Father, I pray that you would help us to pursue humility. God, that you would remind us about who we are in you and that we don't have to worry so much about what other people think because, man, we're solid in you. God, I pray you would make us loving. God, as Jesus said, that others would know that we are Christians by our love. I pray, God, you would pour that out in our midst. And God, I pray you'd pour out faithfulness in the areas of stewardship. God, that we would be faithful with the favor you have given us God, help me to be faithful in whatever favor you have given me. God, help us to be faithful in our finances, faithful in our marriages, faithful in our jobs, faithful in just living for you. So, God, we might see more in what you are able to do. So we pray, God, this uh, for that over uh, this coming season. And, God, we thank you for the meal that we're going to share together, this Pollock meal. Uh, God, we pray just blessings over over time of fellowship and uh, hanging out with each other.